Hello, you are listening to Homilies from Newman University Church, founded by St. John Henry Newman and the home of the Notre Dame Newman Center for Faith and Reason. I think it is true that henceforth I will always remember the 13th week in ordinary time. I cannot remember any 13th week in ordinary time as such prior to the 13th week in ordinary time of 2020. But unless something very strange happens today, this will be the last day, we hope for a good while, we hope forever, that we have to celebrate mass behind locked doors, almost as it were in a tomb. And tomorrow with great joy, we will open the doors to celebrate Mass at 105 here in University Church. It won't quite be like normal. There'll be some ribbons marking off pews that we can't sit in and we'll be distancing from one another physically so that we can join one another spiritually in a safe way. But there's not a bad bit of symbolism in that. We will come out of this tomb of self-isolation, of isolating from church for the sake of safety, a new and a different people, and that's appropriate. This period of time away from celebrating the sacraments together has been a period of time for us to appreciate what it is to celebrate the sacraments together, to mourn the loss of them and in so doing to appreciate the depth of them and the meaning of them. A depth that can sometimes be lost on us for the simple fact that it is easy for us to take them for granted. To lose the sense of drama that is inherent in the sacraments. The drama that we hear in today's second letter of St. Paul to the Romans we have gone into the tomb with him. Early baptistries in the church were typically set apart architecturally from the rest of the church, and they were often shaped like tombs or mausoleums, burial mounds, to give a dramatic physical representation that this sacrament changes everything that it's meant to remake us, just like today's harsh words in the gospel. Anyone who prefers father or mother to me is not worthy of me. If becoming Christian hasn't been a radical and a difficult change for me, then I have not understood what it is to become Christian. If I don't know what it is to take up a cross, then I'm just ignoring the cross, shirking it. Yes, it is a path of life and of joy, but it is a path that goes through the tomb to something new and bright. That's the paschal rhythm of our lives, and sometimes it happens in small ways, small ways in which we need to grow to give up something that wasn't that hard to give up once we look back and say, ah, I used to do that, I was able to set it aside. But even that kind of growing involves a sort of pain, a humility, uh, an admitting of error and a willingness to reform and move on. This unchosen period of fallowness when it comes to the public life of worship of the church has been a time in the tomb for us, and when we come out of it, we might think differently as individuals. What does it mean to go to communion? How can I prepare myself 
Since I was away from this gift, I had to think about what a gift it is. What does the sacrament of confirmation mean? It's been canceled for some weeks. It wasn't part of a routine of a school year. When it comes back, how can it be a priority? How can it be celebrated not just safely but meaningfully? Is there some good, some newness after the pain of the closure? Can we think differently about what it is to be church now that we have a fresh start, as it were, at being church? One of the things that we see, in addition to the cost of discipleship in today's gospel, is the shape of discipleship. We become a people who live for others, who are welcoming. We hear it now in reference to welcoming those who minister in the Lord's name, but we know that later in Matthew's gospel, this message itself will be deepened, that we give that cup of water to the least among us, and in doing so, we give it to Christ. Having been cooped up in our own selves and in our own lives and in our own stories, Ireland and so many other places now are cautiously but assuredly reopening And in that, there is a metaphor for ourselves to move beyond ourselves, to reopen our hearts to the needs of others, to be aware of how this period of pain may have been difficult for them, to be compassionate and patient. There has been in this period of fallowness dying to do because we hope and believe that on the other side there is living to do. And maybe for us who have been through this together on this video mass broadcast, uh, we can always remember as a kind of mini Easter Monday of the 13th week in ordinary time. An ordinary time that we will no longer treat as so ordinary. An ordinary time that we will consider as the time of an Easter people, which is always a time for renewal, always a time to remember that we have died to sin and now must unite ourselves to God in Christ. Joseph Fitzmaier, the Jesuit scripture scholar, reflecting on this passage from St. Paul in Jesuit fashion, so with some fancy words, but words that we can all understand if we pause for a moment, makes this real for us, ontologically united with Christ, he begins. That means united in our very being with Christ by baptism. Christians must deepen our faith continually to make ourselves aware of that basic union. Once thus consciously oriented to Christ, we would never again consider sin without bringing about a rupture of that basic union. Fitzmaier speaks to us of our capacity to forget that we're now united with Christ, to forget who we are at our very being, ontologically, in that good philosophical term. In our very being, we are now united with Christ. We can't live the same after that. We need, therefore, the most dramatic of metaphors, dying with Christ in baptism that we might rise with him forgetting even our parents, if it comes to it, rather than prefer them to him. John Donne's Holy Sonnet, number 14, which we reflect on probably annually here, speaks to us of this in beautiful poetic form with the same kind of violent imagery that would rather have a rupture with sin than be ruptured from Christ. 
Batter my heart, three-person God, for you as yet but knock, breathe, shine, and seek to mend, that I may rise and stand or throw me and bend that you're forced to break, blow, burn, and make me new. I, like an usurped town to another do, labor to admit you, but oh, to no end. Reason your viceroy and me should defend, but is captive and proves weak or untrue. Yet dearly I love you and would be loved fain, that in betrothed unto your enemy, divorce me, untie or break that knot again, take me to you, imprison me, for I, except you enthrall me, never shall be free nor ever chased, except you ravish me. No ordinary 13th week in ordinary time for us. As we consider our emergence from this tomb of our isolation, let us find our own words like John Donne's to allow God ever more deeply into our hearts. Never let us be ruptured from him. Let us give up everything else instead.